0: Hello everyone, welcome to Figment of My Reality where we talk about the true stuff that makes this big old world seem made up. I'm your first co-host, Jeremy Bales.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Jason Wright, reporting from Mexico.
0: Mexico City, I love it. What you, uh, how's it been down there?
1: It's been okay down here for work. The old capitalist monster puts on his hat and sticks his finger in your chest and says you need to go to Mexico and I guess that's what you do, right?
0: Yeah. you say, uh, yes sir, how high? Wait, that's for jumping.
1: but it's great the people down here are awesome super nice they work way harder than we do (laughs) Oh gosh, longer days doing more so i'm getting used to that what are
0: the hours down there longer days wise
1: uh 40 they work 48 hour week at least the the guys i'm working with
0: gee whiz is it uh Uh, they start earlier and later a bit of both both okay all righty so i think i'm gonna kick it off this week for us sounds good so we have a uh, a war to talk about, Jason. This is not the, the war on terror. Um, these are not civil wars, world wars, or anything of that. Like this is a medieval war in Italy, and this war was started over a wooden bucket.
1: <laughs> not even metal. Wood. No,
0: it's not even. It's not that serious. It's just a little wooden bucket. So the year is uh, thirteen twenty five between two, uh, I guess, cities st- or country I, I don't know what it would be. Um, they're sort of subdivisions in Italy. They're not quite territories, but one of them is called... <laughs> I, always, I always mess it up reading it because it's spelled like bologna, but I think the pronunciation is bologna, and Modena is the other one.
1: The bucket war in bologna. Right?
0: It doesn't make it much e- like The laughs are uh, hopefully self-generating. <laughs> So the way that this war started is 1325, as I mentioned. And there had already been some bad blood between these two, um, I guess we'll just call them cities. For whatever reason, I couldn't find any, <laughs> any source that could verify a reason behind it. But the, the folks from Modena snuck into Bologna and stole a wooden bucket um, that they used to draw water from a well. The bucket had no real value. Obviously, it's a piece of wood. It wasn't like a cultural value. There was no monetary value attached to it. There was really nothing to it but pride.
1: It's like when the high school, local high school goes to the neighboring one and steals their mascot.
0: Almost. I think it's even less than that, though, honestly. Because a lot of times, like, a mascot would have either a outfit that is sort of representative of something. Or if it's a real animal, then you got all kinds of trouble with that. This was just like the little guy of Medina just snuck in and just proved that they were that sneaky and just took this bucket from Bologna. So initially, the folks from Bologna were like, hey, uh, give, give us the bucket back and we got no problems. That didn't happen.
1: Do they only have one bucket? Or do they keep a very good inventory of their buckets? Like, oh, hey, Sarah, how many buckets do we have today? She's like, we only have five buckets.
0: And the guy's like, what? We should have six. <laughs> yeah, the bucket went missing. man. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to it. Maybe maybe it's actually at the bottom of the well. We'll go check at the bottom of the well. Make sure we have our inventory of six. You know we're going to get audited in about three weeks. We can't do this.
1: And you know if that bucket is missing, you know who took it.
0: Medina. Medina, Medina took it for sure. But again, this that's the, the part that actually befuddles me the most. Not true, actually. We'll get to the next one. That sort of throws me for a loop. So they, they issued basically a demand. They said, give us that bucket back or we're going to get our troops, which are going to vastly outnumber yours, and we're just going to dominate you. Again, Mo- Mo- Modena, whatever, <laughs> I, I do apologize for the poor pronunciation, said, no, do what you will. The bucket is now ours. So Bologna. Uh, They mustered their troops, right? They were going to prove that their threat was not an empty one. And they got 30,000 foot soldiers and about 2,000 folks on cavalry, on horses. The folks from Medina, they could only muster 7,000 troops total, 5,000 foot soldiers, but they also had 2,000 cavalry. And a bucket. And a (laughs) bucket. That was the the difference maker. So the odds are about 6 to 1 in this scuffle this war of the oaken bucket as it's now referred to as with the odds like six to one it's not really looking good for folks from medina this is actually the more baffling part to me is that within a matter of hours bologna was on its heels running for the hills
1: it's hard to win when you have salami shields and cheese swords when you come from bologna
0: that's very good
1: i like that.
0: maybe that's it maybe that's how they truly got their name of bologna is you know what we heard about this ancient city who fought with cheese swords and salami shields and this is what we want to name our meats (laughs) i don't know somehow with the six to one odds medina got them on their heels and they were actually were chasing bologna into their city and had the opportunity to like siege the city but they they only took over a couple castles and uh Ultimately, they retracted their troops, and allegedly, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not. They actually stole a second bucket on the way
1: out. <laughs> Could you imagine the day after?
0: <laughs> you go to take your inventory, Sarah. What's we should we should only have five buckets now, Sarah? Right? We have five. Um, I don't know how to say this. We have four now. <laughs> those S O B s. They stole another. One. <laughs>
1: They all get their stuff back and get on their horses and ride back over. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I know we just lost, but they can't take another one from us. Oh, man. So, as the story goes, a couple days after that scuffle, that war, uh, unfortunately there were 2,000 lives lost. I presume the vast majority was from Malonia, because I cannot see another way that that could have played out. The... uh... Ill intent, I guess, between the two cities uh, was resolved. They settled on peace and uh Medina actually as they signed a sign of good faith released a part of the city that they had sieged. But to this day there is a wooden bucket standing as a as a sign of victory in the city of Medina. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think if they wanted
1: to be nice, they would give them the wooden bucket and then keep the city that they did.
0: T- yeah, that that's another thing that was kind of just sort of an oddball fact to me, is that this all started over a wooden bucket to draw water from a well, and they took lives in cities, but for the life of them just wouldn't give this bucket back.
1: Maybe buckets are just really hard to make out of wood. I mean, I couldn't make a bucket out of wood. Yeah, I mean... Not that held water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the bucket's just, it's, it's a great shape. You know, it's sanded to perfection and put a nice stain on it. But it just doesn't hold any water. I don't know what to do about
1: it. If I had to make buckets for everybody to draw their water from, we would all die of thirst.
0: I'd be better off going down that well. Um, I don't even know what I would bring. I would bring my two hands. I'd just drink while I was (laughs) down there. (laughs) I'd have to climb back out. By that time, you know I'd be thirsty again. It'd be no good. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the War of the Oaken Bucket held 1325 between two cities in Italy.
1: Okay, so my story is a war, also, um another kind of ridiculous war of how it started, a lot less death, I think, overall, but it's the pig war of eighteen fifty
0: nine okay, a little bit more recent, almost five hundred years more recent than mine, okay?
1: It's between England and the United States shortly after the American Revolution. there's arguments over land territories. who owns what? And most of the time in the north, their territories are divided by a latitudinal line. Sure. um, That now separates the United States and Canada. But when you get to Washington, there's a channel that dips down, and they use that channel as a divide.
0: Washington State, presumably.
1: Yes, and the treaty was the Oregon Treaty that drew this line. The big point of the treaty was separating the island of vancouver vancouver island from the united states but also in this channel were several small islands and that's where the argument starts with these small islands so having these islands had some military significance to it sure and the treaty outlined that the line through the channel was to be one separate vancouver island from the main body of the united states Two, it must carry the boundary in a southwardly direction. And three, it must be navigable.
0: What was that second one?
1: Basically, it had to go south. Like, it's, the border is in a southwardly direction.
0: Interesting. And the last one has had to be navigatable?
1: Yes. And there's disputes over where this line is based on those three terms in the treaty. So England sent a general to discuss it with the United States general to figure it out. England's standpoint was you go as far south in the channel as you can, and everything north of that belongs to England, so all those small islands in the channel. The United States interpreted it as the path in the channel that's most navigable while going south. That would give the United States all those small islands. They meet several times, and they just can't come to a conclusion. And on the sixth time, the English give a proposal of a route that goes through all the small islands, dividing them between the two. And of course, the United States don't agree to that because the United States wants everything, right?
0: A little aggressive, but yeah.
1: I will not agree. I want it all.
0: And I want it
1: now. So they can't agree to terms. They, they go their separate ways, and they go to convene with their governments to figure out the solution. Well, they forget about it. Who does? Everybody. It goes for 13 years without being resolved. So these, I, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, they're like, well, we can't decide, uh, how we're going to settle this. So we're just not going to.
0: <laughs> so England sent a general over and like, well, this one seems most navigable while going southward. And the other group's like, yeah, well, this one seems most, na- most southward while still being navigable. Um, both trying to cut the pie in their own type of favor. And they couldn't obviously come to an agreement. It's like, okay, we'll put this on the back burner. We'll get to it. You know, we'll, we'll figure something out. And then 13 years goes by?
1: Yeah, and nobody does anything.
0: No no further action? Nothing? So
1: Not, not to resolve it.
0: At that point, um, hypothetically, <laughs> if a crime was committed on these islands, who's the prosecuting power? We'll, we'll get to that.
1: Okay. <laughs> so... In this 13 years, a English business comes in, the Hudson Bay Company, and they occupy the island and build a sheep ranch there. Also during this 13 years, some Americans go onto the island and start settling there, saying that the treaty gives them right to stay there. And Nobody has a problem. Everybody's living there. It's okay.
0: I'll tell you what this reminds me of. There's a, a fun fact, well, depending on who you are, you think it's fun or not, that there's more tigers in captivity in Texas than all in the wild. And the main reason behind that from the outside source is mostly because there's not a rule against it. And that's exactly exactly what this reminds me of.
1: It doesn't surprise me that Texas doesn't have a rule on how many tigers that you could keep in a
0: cage. Right. So my thinking in this situation that you just presented to me is that people are just going out there because they're just like, Hey, man, no one said I couldn't, so I'm just going to roll with it.
1: (laughs) That's basically what's happening. So, England and the United States are both occupying this island. It's a pretty small island. One of the employees of the Hudson Bay Company owns pigs, and the pigs are free-roaming pigs.
0: The folks who made the sheep farm?
1: Yeah. One of these pigs goes off and starts eating potatoes at Lehman Cutler's house.
0: Aw, snap.
1: So this pig keeps going over and eating Lehman Cutler's potatoes. And Cutler gets tired of it, and he shoots the pig.
0: Game over, guys.
1: When Cutler shoots the pig, the Englishman comes over and is obviously pretty pissed off. Cutler's like, ah, I did shoot your pig. I'll give you $10 to replace it, which now would be $280.
0: I don't know what the going price for a pig is.
1: Well, the Englishman doesn't care about the $10. He says, I want $100. So he wants $2,800 for the pig.
0: I'm pretty sure that would buy a good pig.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that might buy a couple pigs. So Cutler says, well, you know what? Your pig was trespassing. I'm not going to give you anything.
0: Now you're not even getting $10.
1: The recorded conversation between them is Cutler says, your pig was coming over and eating my potatoes. And the Englishman says, it's your job to keep your potatoes out of my pig. Okay. Which kind of blows my mind because if I go over to your house and open the fridge and cook a steak and eat it, I can't sit at the table while I have a fork and knife in my hand and say, well, it's your job to keep your steak out of my mouth.
0: (laughs) It's true. (laughs) If you did that, I would have a lot bigger problems, I think. (laughs) But sure. (laughs) No, that is a buck. That's a crazy argument, man. Not even, I mean, discounting that perfect scenario that you offered, the idea of, saying that my free-roaming pig, by its nature, would eat your food anyway, but it's your job to not plant my food that my pig would eat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at a loss. That's a stupid argument, man.
1: Here's where the authorities come in. 13 years later. (laughs) The the British authorities authorities come in and threaten to arrest Cutler.
0: But the American authorities come in and threaten to arrest the Hudson Company.
1: And Cutler, afraid he's going to get arrested, contacts the U.S. military. And this is where one pig getting shot turns into a very, very big ordeal.
0: Seems like it.
1: The United States sends 66 soldiers to support Cutler.
0: Heck yeah. Military force going in loud, proud, ready to roll.
1: The English hear about this and request three warships. How many
0: is on a warship, Jason?
1: Well, on the three warships, there was about 2,140 men. Whoa. So England sends three warships with 2,140 men.
0: Hey, you know what? I still like America's odds.
1: (laughs) Based on your story, I would.
0: I was going to say, if freaking Medina can beat Bologna 6-1, to then we can dang sure beat him, whatever the case is here.
1: A couple months pass, and by August, the United States has 461 soldiers. More than enough. And 14 cannons positioned in a high point on the island, so they got the high ground.
0: That's, that's over. Have you seen Star Wars? The high ground is over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, the leaders of the British towns on the island are commanding that the British commander of the warships come on the island and engage the United States. Huge mistake the british commander says two great nations going to war over a squabble about a pig is foolish so he does not come on the island he gives his men the order to only fire if they're fired
0: upon wow that is that is some next level maturity that i would not expect from a story like this
1: (laughs) in the americans do the same wow the commanding officer of the americans say do not fire unless fired upon In both sides, the soldiers listen to their commanders and don't fire a single shot.
0: Wow. That is genuinely astounding.
1: And they are at a standstill until each head of the government, London and Washington, D.C., get news about this happening. And they send people immediately to de-escalate the situation everything gets resolved and while they're trying to figure out how they're going to deal with the land dispute the united states and england keep a token soldier group on the island of about a hundred each
0: now i really like our odds now's the time to strike
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you are why everybody hates now is
0: the time to attack (laughs) (laughs) no we could have had these I- eyes you're, I- you're
1: literally literally a second ago you're like that is next level maturity <laughs> and then once the odds are even go take
0: it take I it's it. next level maturity for leadership you know i'm not military leadership that's <laughs> i would have taken advantage i would have got us some islands
1: <laughs> well they sit on this island with these token groups for 12 years In those 12 years, they celebrate national holidays together. Like, if Britain has a holiday, the United States will go celebrate with them. If the United States have a holiday, they'll come over and they're drinking together.
0: Are they still there to this day?
1: (laughs) Until, in 1871, the islands become a part of Canada.
0: So we both lose. Ugh.
1: And then in 1872, the British withdraw. And in 1874, the United States withdraw. So, if you're gonna, if you really want to look for a victory, I guess that's the only way you could say the United States won. They were there longer.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what, I wanted those islands.
1: But that's how this resolved. No blood was shed besides pig blood, which is obviously unfortunate. But no human blood was shed. The dispute was dealt with after like 30 years. (laughs)
0: yeah real quick, a real quick situation. Mine was over in a matter of hours.
1: that's the uh the story of the pig war. I don't know if war is the right name for it.
0: might have been like a a confrontation
1: yeah, the pig confrontation
0: doesn't sound as good though, does it? No well, between the two wars, one I think was definitely handled with more maturity, one was handled with uh more gusto, I would say. <laughs>
1: Could you think of things less important to start a war over, a bucket and a pig?
0: Yeah. For those of you listening um, who don't know, we don't really talk about our stories beforehand. So the fact that we both had ridiculous wars is just kind of happenstance. And the fact that they were started over, a bucket and a pig, is just hilarious. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we have received a couple of reviews, and we'll get to that in a bit. But we really wanted to highlight, uh, stay safe out there a lot of craziness happening in the world with the current state of affairs with the coronavirus you know keep your social distancing but uh, if you guys want to reach out to us on our social medias give us a follow on twitter instagram and facebook we're at fig of my reality and our email is figment of my reality at gmail.com.
1: yeah make sure you guys are listening to what everybody is telling us to do um, i know it's a pain in the butt but it it is for the best of everybody stay safe and stop this as soon as we can Um, if you do follow our social medias you'll start to see we're posting some teaser type drawings every every week a couple days before our episodes come out uh, kind of alluding to what we'll be talking about if you haven't seen those go check those out and we'll also be looking if you guys are interested to send us any art we'll post it on our on our social medias and we'll feature it on our website so if you are interested in something like that Please send us that. We'd love to see it.
0: Yep. Uh, and just one review we wanted to highlight. We'll probably start doing this as we receive more reviews um, from Marvel fan 222 uh, Really enjoyed the podcast. They uh, they decided to, to start listening to this one during their personal isolation time. So if this helps you guys pass the time, then that's one more thing we're knocking out of the park. And we love that. Uh, another thing we want to start doing at the end of the episode is leaving you with our little pieces of reality. Uh, interesting things about the world as it is. For the first one, I thought this was great. Mr. Samuel L. Jackson keeps a clause in any contract he operates under for any movies or TV shows that he is able to leave and play golf whenever he wants. And there you go. This is Jeremy Bales. This is Jason Wright. Talk to you next week.
1: Bing, 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 ding, bing, pink.